You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. The closest I will ever come to meeting God in this life is you. No one should be excluded from our core practice of loving our neighbor as ourself. We are, after all, connected. We're all extensions of each other and part of the same human family. What affects one impacts us all. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 394. Our title this week is Seeing Others as Part of Ourselves, and our reading this week is from the Gospel of Mark, Mark 12, 28-34. I'm going to be reading uh, the Reverend Dr. Wilda C. Gaffney's translation of this passage from A Woman's Lectionary for the Church, Year W, uh, page 271. Now, one of the biblical scholars came near and heard them, the other biblical scholars, the chief priests, and the elders, discussing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, the scholar asked Jesus, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Holy One, our God, the Holy is one. You shall love the Lord, you shall love the Holy One, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the biblical scholars said to him, you are right, teacher, you have truly said that God God is one, and besides God there is no other. And to love God with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as your as oneself, this is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that the scholar answered wisely, he said, You are not far from the reign of God. After that, no one dared ask Jesus any question. This week's story comes at the end of a series of confrontational challenges between Jesus and others. You can find this in, in Mark 11, 27, 12, 13, and 12, 18. By contrast, this interaction is actually friendly, and I'll explain why I think so in a moment. But, but first, let's unpack what the narrative says is happening. A scholar who overhears Jesus' discussions is impressed with him. He then asks his own question of Jesus, and Jesus' answer in Mark this answer is squarely within the Jewish tradition of the Pharisaical school of Hillel. Rabbi Hillel reportedly once answered a similar question with the response, what you find hateful, do not do to another. This is the whole law. Everything else is commentary. Now go learn that. So the scholar's question was not only a common question among Jewish scholars at Jesus's time, but Jesus' response in Mark, uh, those responses are also the core confessions of Judaism. You can find them in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The, love the Lord with all your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Time 
Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And many scholars have noticed that Mark replaces all your soul with all your mind, which is a signal that Mark's audience was was already influenced by the Hellenized world. And Jesus also quotes Leviticus in his reply, Leviticus 19.18, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And this passage has an interesting context itself. It comes at the end in Leviticus of a, a list of prohibitions regarding oppression and exploitation of the poor and, and or just the economically vulnerable. This is uh, Leviticus 19, 9 through 15. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and, and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice and do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. So many today tout the ethic of loving your neighbor as a religious tenet, but these passages in Leviticus show that it originally had a very real-world economic, social, and political uh, implication. And so, so, again, our story in Mark comes at the end of a series of confrontational challenges, but we get a picture from this exchange of a Jesus who was challenging a system within Judaism and and not outside of Judaism and not a not a confrontation with Judaism itself. Jesus here is faithful to Judaism's core religious beliefs in this story. And that's why I think this is this is added here and why it's included in Mark's version of the Jesus story. At the at the same time, he was also hotly engaged in calls to return to his interpretations of what it meant to to be faithful to the Torah. And this was a, 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 a hot debate within Jesus' society at Jesus' time. And, and, and so, so uh, we have to realize that this is not a, a Christianity versus Judaism story. This is a story that, that, yeah, that says, yes, Jesus is challenging those in power within his society, but he's doing this as a Jewish man himself and out of concern for what it means to be a faithful Jewish follower of the Torah and not as someone who's anti-Jewish. And lastly, the scholar that's talking with Jesus, he quotes two passages from the Hebrew Scriptures that affirm Jesus' response. In Hosea 6.6, 6, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And uh, Micah 6.6-8, 6, 6 through 8, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands rivers of oil? Uh, shall I offer my first born for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. What he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So, for these writers, love of neighbor is 
is greater than ritual adherence and or forms of, of, of worship. And this exchange between Jesus and the scholars, it brings to my mind this week an extended passage from Karen Armstrong that I, I read years ago and that I believe it captures the spirit of Judaism and what early Jesus followers too were trying to become. And, and I offer this passage both to affirm Judaism and to critique more regressive and fundamentalist forms of Christianity, which seem to me to be making a comeback in our culture. This is Karen Armstrong's book, uh, The Great Transformation, The Beginning of Our Religious Traditions. And I'll be reading from from the Kindle location 7,507 to 7,540. Uh, she writes, In Rabbinic Judaism, the, ac- the Jewish axial age came of age. The golden rule, compassion, and loving kindness were central to this new Judaism. By the time the temple had been destroyed, some of the Pharisees already understood that they did not need a temple to worship God, as this Talmudic story makes clear. It happened that Rabbi Johann ben Zakkai went out from Jerusalem, and Rabbi Joshua followed him and saw the burnt ruins of the temple, and he said, Woe is it that the place where the sins of Israel find atonement is laid waste. Then said Rabbi Johanan, grieve not, we have an atonement equal to the temple, doing of loving deeds. As it is said, I desire love, not sacrifice. Kindness was the key to the future. Jews must turn away from the violence and divisiveness of the war years and create a united community with one body and one soul. When the community was integrated in love and mutual respect, God was with them. But when they quarreled with one another, God returned to heaven, where the angels chanted with one voice and one melody. When two or three Jews sat and studied harmoniously together, the divine presence sat in their midst. Rabbi Akiba, who was killed by the Romans in 132 CE, taught that the commandment, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself, was the great principle of the Torah, to show disrespect to any human being who had been created in God's image was seen by the rabbis as a denial of God himself and tantamount to atheism. Murder was a sacrilege. Scripture instructs us that whosoever sheds human blood is regarded as if he had diminished the divine image. God had created only one man at the beginning of time to teach us that destroying only one human life was equivalent to annihilating the entire world, and while to save a life, the whole of humanity. To humiliate anybody, even a slave or a non-Jew, was equivalent to murder, a sacrilegious defacing of God's image. To spread a scandalous lying story about another person was to deny the existence of God. Religion was inseparable from the practice of habitual respect to all other human beings. You could not worship God unless you practiced the golden rule and honored your fellow humans, whomever they were. And I love this way of defining 
what it means to be faithful to one's own spiritual journey. The, the words of Karen Armstrong here resonate with me so deeply. And as I've often said, the closest I will ever come to meeting God in this life is you, whomever you are. For, for, because you, like everyone else I meet, we are all unique. And yet in one way, we're all alike. We all bear the image of God. And I have to ask why our story ends too with Jesus saying that this scholar was only close to or or not far from the reign of God. It seems pretty spot on to me. Why was he deemed close yet not there? Was it because he was interpreting the scriptures maybe in life-giving ways, but but maybe he was still committed to a system that Jesus felt was damaged or, or, or that was damaging marginalized and vulnerable people in his own society? Was his scholarship correct, but maybe his employment or his survival somehow complicit in harm? Why did Jesus say he was only close? The, the reality is we can't know because the story doesn't say, but it is something something to ponder. And that leads me back to the words of of Reverend Dr. Gaffney one more time this week. I love this statement from her lectionary that, that comments about this week's passage. She rightly states, and this is page 273, if our gospel proclamations are not true for the most marginalized among us, women, non-binary folk, trans folk, gender non-conforming folk, and LGBTQIA folk, then our gospel is not true. And we could add more communities to Reverend Dr. Gaffney's list here, but the point, though, is that no one should be excluded from our core practice of loving our neighbor as ourself. We are, after all, connected. We're all extensions of each other and part of the same human family. And what affects one impacts us all. So you're part of me and, and I'm part of you. And together, we can determine what kind of people we're going to be. Heart Group application this week Share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does seeing others as part of ourselves impact our work for societal justice, as well as how we relate to one another within our various faith communities? Discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. Day, right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.